0: Welcome to Get Big Out Loud Radio, where we explore living the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life. With me, Carrie Knutsen, and Dr. Pat on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are your thoughts keeping you small? Are you ready to get big? I will offer you ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. Explore what is keeping you small and how to shift your behaviors in order to get big learn what is possible for you get ready to get big and live
1: life out loud starting now hey everybody welcome it's so great i get to do this fabulous show with the most incredible Carrie knutson and before we start i want to just give you a little bit of information today's show is especially important because those of us Uh, in life i have had to battle this. And you may not think so. Every time I say something like this, I get a bunch of emails and they'll like say, people will say like, no, that's impossible. You, you had to battle that. Yeah. It took a lot to get to be me like today here, like with you all, like this, this, like this, all this took a lot of work. Um, but I want you to know a little bit more about Carrie before we start today. We're going to talk about me versus me. This is a dialogue which turns into a conflict, which can turn into a battle, a battle which can turn into an absolute war. And and the war is going on within yourself. Carrie, what I love about Carrie Knutson and Get Big Out Loud, and what she does is she's not just one of the most incredible coaches, but she's also the coach that helps other people step out in the world and share the message. Now think about her, when you think about her getting out there and do a one-person show or bringing a platform to the forefront or coaching and doing seminars in, in corporations and in businesses or working one-on-one with people. This is sort of, these are the things that crawl out from under the rock. These are the kinds of things that, you know when you engage in coaching, if you're a coach like Carrie, these are the things you have to know how to handle to help people now, Carrie, before we start, tell people what is the best way for them to get a hold of you because I want them to know that up front how to get how to do that
0: sure you can find me at knutsonspeaks.com. it's k n u t s o n speaks and there's information on how to contact me, my presentations, my show, my coaching. And uh, it's interesting, Dr. Pat, that you said like all this comes together, like all the work I do. Sometimes people say, well, you're a therapist. How do you do this, that and the other? And the becoming <laughs> me versus me, the idea that's so perfect, because even in being able to say, here's my website with all of me under one umbrella, um, is, is exciting to say that I I finally got to that spot of everything. This, that's all of me and under one spot. That's where you can find me.
1: And I love it. This topic today is something that I find extremely personal for a situation I'm in. And, you know, I'm in this situation with two other amazing women and we each of us have our own strengths, but it's so uh, unpredictable when we have to face ourselves, I want you to talk a little bit about this topic for this episode, me versus me, and why that popped up for you and what you're seeing out there on the right, what you see on the landscape of things that people really struggling with on this.
0: Yeah, well, I picked me versus me this month, because I, I always think about things that are going on in my life, that I can relate to or that I'm thinking about or pondering. And this came up um kind of innocuously the random event that I was having I was getting my headshots redone and um I was being professional and being a speaker and having my picture taken and trying to do it and those the pictures that came back were they're like awkward and they were like not me because they're like do a serious face do whatever be presenting and um when the photographer was like, let's just have some fun. Let's just like, you talk to me like you're talking and let's put on a different outfit and let's like do whatever. And the juxtaposition of those pictures was shocking to me just to see myself being freely me versus where I thought I had to be. So this topic today, I kept thinking about like, ooh, what, what, what do I show up when I'm doing the... Ex- perceived version of who I'm supposed to be versus mm-hmm. when I'm showing up as fully embodied, authentic me. And the pictures were such a juxtaposition of that, that I thought, how are we doing that in our lives? Because a lot of times when I work with people, I see it's the conflict of who they are in the moment versus who they want to be. Yeah. Who people told them they have to be versus who they can be. And I think we all have that conflict in our lives at some point, me versus yeah. in in small ways or big ways, but I, I did think it was an interesting topic to, to kind of delve deeper in today, because I think it touches a lot of people um, in a significant way at some part in their lives.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm going to say this because and I'm not really you know, we're not going to talk about it today, but the movie Barbie had people really looking at me versus me and it it's i can't even talk about the movie because it's and you can't even describe it but one of the things i want to say about it, it's not what you think you know if you even grew up with like hearing like barbie or barbie doll this is not the movie that you, you're going to go see you're going to see something so contemporary so many versions of me versus me throughout the movie that is one of the primary factors in this is barbie herself and all of the Barbies, and all of the Ken's having this battle of me versus me. Now, I'm pretty sure you didn't think of the Barbie when you did this, but of course you knew I would bring something like that to the table, didn't you? (laughs)
0: Up, yes. And actually I have to say, I did actually see a movie. I did actually go see it and I couldn't agree more. I finally can relate. I finally did a social, uh, uh, I, in real time. With, it's our first time because if audience doesn't know Dr. Pat will usually bring something going on like an award show, a sporting event, a current movie. And I'm not kind of, in, I'm not at all in that world. I kind of am a latecomer to like what sports are playing. What's the movie that's out? What? And so sometimes I have to be like, you got to take it, Dr. Pat. I can't, I can't yeah. give you but how I can give you a heck yeah today, because I c- couldn't agree with you more. The idea of our realities and our shifting realities of perceptions, other people's perceptions of who we are, who we think we are, how who we want to be, the me versus me. And that movie, it does a beautiful job yeah. of of delving into that. And whether you, the, I think the ad even says that whether you like Barbie or hate Barbie, this movie is for you. And it is um, a great example of
1: what I'm trying to talk about today yeah. in the in perceptions that we have of ourselves and the yeah. that we, yeah. face. you know, I, here's what I love about it. Let's just get right into it. What is the authentic self versus society idea of me? How do we get the authenticity? And I want to start out with this because almost, oh my gosh, 20 years I'm doing this. You're probably right up there with me. How many times have you seen authenticity as a thing? It's either somebody's model, somebody's process. And yet, it it doesn't really get to the battle that goes on within ourselves of me versus me, mm-hmm. right? Don't you think that they think that there is something that we have to look at if we're even going to say the word authentic? So, oh, yes. and authentic makes
0: me cringe sometimes. To be honest, like going to be authentic, like. Self. And it, uh, this is what I equated to. I saw a sign one time for like hand-tossed salad. I'm like, what other ways would you toss it? Like, I was like, you, what other way would you be you? But the thing is, there's so many ways to be us that we, what it happens is it starts really young. And our idea of who we are is our, like our self-concept. Who am I? What is my God? And that starts early on. Even I'd say before we were born, and I, this is how I'll justify that a lot of times when people find out they want to know am i having a boy or a girl and then if they find out the gender they then they put a name to it and then they put the name to it and then there's these expectations i'm having a boy so therefore these things are true i'm having a girl so therefore these we started before we we're born with our gender identity is a huge marker for things that will that that will happen to us or how we'll be um, how we'll be dressed um, things that we will be able to do or not do um, things that uh, like it's before we're even born that that's put on us and then when we're born the the ideas of and again a lot is based on gender to start with and then if you add on to that religious ideas about how different religions think about things. Um, and if you think about different institutions that people are a part of, like, is education going to be important for you or not? Um, is What's a priority for you? What's a value system for you? It can be based on religious identity. It can be based on family identity, social things. So we get those put on us. And you have to say, like, a lot of times people, like, we just know what we've always known as we grow up. So, like, you don't have a lot of choices as a kid. So you, you do what your family does or what they say, you wear the clothes they give you. It's not like you you do the things that they do and very really do we question that until we get older. But the identity comes from very young. Like some people were told you will go to college. You will do this. Um, You come from a long line of blah, 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 blah. So you will do that. And, or there's a family business. You're going to be part of that or other families. And this shows my own bias. I was so shocked. Um, For a while I worked with first generation college students. And I could not get over the barriers that they had to face in terms of their own communities, not thinking they should go to college. Like, who are you to go? Like, the totally different
1: attitude of, like, you better go to who are you to go was shocking for me. But again, I think that's what I grew up with, though. I grew up with that. And if it wasn't for my stepmother at one of these family where they decide what you're going to be when you grow up, and my stepmother jumping in and saying, no, she's not. I mean, if it wasn't for that moment, you know, and that was a pivotal moment that I never forgot that. Um, and it helped shape the person that I later became. But, you know, what you're talking about is you're talking about these things that other people expect us to do. You and I walked away from positions and jobs that most people would say, are you crazy? Are you crazy? You, mm-hmm. What did you what you, your higher education master's degree? uh your you, you administrator amazing job at what? Harvard Medical School.
0: Mm-hmm. what what
1: did you do, Carrie? what? what Pat corporate executive, what did you do? what you you had a temper tantrum meltdown, What did you do? Right? But when you look back, you knew exactly what you were doing. Right. But, and this
0: is what you're saying. And I'll,
1: I'll get in that story in a little
0: bit. But the idea is like through our lives, right? What did you do? What are you? You're, this is not what's expected of you. Or someone coming in, like you're saying, say, no, there's a different way. And and that whole idea of our self-concept, sometimes it's it's hard to know internally like what's true for me when all the noise and the loudness of life comes from external sources, advertising, marketing, anything external, and including like our like schools and families and religious institutions, everything else like piled on from a young age makes it hard to sort out. What do I know is true for me? That's why authenticity is kind of hard because like, who am I and what do I believe? And what do I think without the pressure of this external things or or without the, I'd say the demeaning nature of sometimes too, like you can't do things because X, Y, Z of like, like I remember once um, in middle school, I wanted to take a camera class where you could use a video camera for the first time. And this was in the eighties. So the cameras were on your shoulder and they're big. Yeah. And it said for boys only. And I, I remember thinking like, why do boys get to learn how to use a video camera? And then I went to the, to the minister and I'm like, why is this safe for boys? And I'm like, well, that it's heavy equipment. We're worried that the girls can't carry the heavy equipment. I remember thinking like, you're serious. Like you're telling me a girl can't, carry a camera. And I just remember being like blown away that that was someone's perception of girls. And I went and fought it and I got in the camera class because I'm like, that's not right. But I don't think the person did it with mal- like you know, malice. I think they're like, oh, this is heavy. Girls don't do that. It's their conditioning, right? So it takes someone to say like, hey, let's think about that thought. Is that, is that valid? Is that true? Is it right? Is it acceptable anymore? Like things have to change with time. But in my life, I think I've come up to situations like, is that true for me? Like even another quick example and uh, when I wanted to go to college my my dad's like you know how much it costs to go to the college you want to go to and he's like you know what we do for a living? So these things don't match. We can't help you. We didn't, you mean, you can try, but, and we want you to go, but we can't help you. And I'm like, I'm going to that school and you're not going to stop me. And I don't care about money and I'm making it happen. But he, I remember he thinking, you know what we do for a living. So his even money limitations on me. And one time I remember he said, well, honey, you'll never be rich, but you'll always be happy. And I think that's another. So should, I should never be rich. Cause that conflates with happiness. And should I? Am I worthy enough to go to an expensive college because we're kind of poor? Like, and again, that self-concept is: what's my worth? What's my value? What can I do? What can't? But it's competing with all these external things.
1: So that's why it's hard to get to authenticity, and that's why it's a struggle for a lot of us. And part of it, Carrie, is: I mean, if you if you're if you're even involved in athletics, or like you're talking about, there's another layer of this, and the other layer of this that you go through. Is you know if you're somebody like me that plays a sport like table tennis and and I'm back in New Jersey playing at the club that I played in when I won the championships here and you know I remember I'm reflecting on the first time that I entered something other than a women's event because I wanted to play a tournament with men and they didn't have like blah 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 open open right they do now. And so women had to play in the women's events. Men played in the men's events. And what a stink that caused here in New Jersey, in this club, when I refused not to bow out of a men's double event. Now my, my other partner was a man, they say play in the mixed, And I said, I don't want to play in the mix. i want to play in the men's. And they're like, okay, you play in the women's. And I'm like, I don't know. I want to play in the men's. I want to play against men. I want to compete with men. Mm-hmm. And, I didn't understand it was a thing, and it really caused a situation, and they had to let me play. Now, I will tell you, we took away second place in the men's doubles, and that was probably why they didn't want us to play. But, I mean, (laughs) when you're thinking about this, Carrie, what do you think the greatest challenges we face, we as me, me, we face when we face ourselves? What are the greatest challenges we face?
0: Oh, it's such a good question because it's it's ripe with like everyone and anyone listening right now is like probably shouting out their own answer in their head, right? The greatest issue we face though is our own blocks, right? Like and the idea of like I I feel like what happens is when we're confronted with a situation, what comes up is we we can't be ourselves because we react first to that conditioning. Like, who am I to? The, almost the first question is, well, who am I to? Or who is... um who's going to judge me because of it? Or what if I fail? Or what if this doesn't work out? Or um, no one else has done this. So there's a lot of things that are competing. But what I'd say, the biggest thing is it's that internal voice that says, I know what's right and what I want to do. And then the immediate pushback, which usually keeps people from keeping that forward momentum, because it's, it's a lot of competing factors. And sometimes it's even unconscious. Sometimes it's just even unconscious. Like, I'll give you just a quick example of this idea. I remember when I was growing up, my mom said, she told me, she was like, I knew that I had three choices when I grew up. I could be a nun, a nurse, or get married. And that's what she said, right? And then for me, like, where did those be? No one ever overtly probably said, here are your three choices, but she just knew it. She also knew she'd change her name if she got married. She also knew that she'd probably have kids if she ever, like these are things that are planned out, right? One generation later, I'm thinking there's no, I am unlimited in what I think I'll do when I graduate. There's no, there's no, but I'm like, where did I get that sense? And also when I, when I chose to be I like, I'm not changing my name. That's who I am. But I think about those first women who said, do we have to change our name? I think of those first women who said, do we have to be a nurse and not our wife? Well, huh? like I'm on the backs of those people, right? That someone had to have courage to go past that initial pushback and then push forward to make progress. And that's where we, me versus me, we, we know what's right, but we can't because we know we want to, but this won't happen. We know, we hope, we wish, we dream, but blah, blah, blah. And again, it's that it's the, I call it like that you get, you know, something to be true. And it's like a t- small, tiny flame that's right here. And most people, what they do before, instead of like protecting the flame, honoring the flame, they like this. They're like, Oh, that thing that will never work. I can't because, and they just blew it out. So sometimes we're our own worst enemy because again, it's, it's coming in. It comes in strongly and
1: it's hard to protect those little things that are precious to us. Now, look, I want to talk about something that really is so in line with this. There are times when me me versus me, but there are times when we have to have, like Susan Dene would say, a growth spurt. And what I mean by this is we're not talking about moments in your life when you're asked to step out of your comfort zone, especially if you have to fight for something in your life. I mean, one of the hardest things, I think, if you've been socialized not to stand up for yourself is being afraid to offend other people. People being afraid to ask what, for, for what you want and really stepping out and really just you look at yourself and you know you've never been able to fight for yourself. You've never been able to stand up for something. So what we're talking about here, too, is there are moments in our lives where um, I, I put a song up in the production uh, screen there, uh, Sierra, if you can get it and play it, where Ava Sakowski wrote a song about jumping into the deep end of the pool. Because there are times when Carrie Knutson has to go get a photo shoot.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Wow. And, totally. And there are times
1: when you have to make changes
0: and do things that you're scared about. And there are times when like in all of our lives, when you have those moments And the photo shoot was such a juxtaposition of the two pictures, which was like, you're either going to do this and be you or not. And I thought, you know, what makes my business work is I'm like no other speaker that I know like. I'm, I when I go to conferences, I'm like, I dare to be me, but that, and that's why those pictures should more represent me being me works, right? Not being a version of a professional speaker that I have to be, but me to me to be me also takes some courage, right? To say, like, I am showing up this way, and I have to have courage to even think that thought and keep that flame alive, even before I take action on it. And a lot of times in our lives, when we're doing those things, like when you're like, I going to play in the men's, like, it's not the even action. The action follows the first step, which is the courage to admit the truth and to keep the flame lit and to and then to be in that space with with enough audacity almost to be like, and now I'm gonna take action on it. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm not gonna do what everyone says I should do. And now I'm gonna push that envelope. And then you know, because maybe you push the ping pong envelope. The next woman who wants to do it isn't the crazy one, right? Or <laughs> And to think about even for women who like see you stand up for yourself in certain ways, we're, as women, we're supposed to be nice and thoughtful and sweet. Isn't she so sweet? And where's the line between confident and bitchy, right? Like, oh, that person, you know, she's oh, yeah. and how and so? how do we categorize men doing the same behavior in different ways as women? So sometimes as women, we have to think about th- like pushing that. Envelope or reframing things for people. Yeah. Um, in the same way, men who want to have a different kind of way to express themselves have to push that envelope. But I think it starts with courage. It starts with a little bit of courage you need
1: to, to acknowledge the truth for you. That's yeah. where. And, and, you know, part of this, too, is getting past some things. Let's talk about some of them. One of the things that I know comes up a lot is around expectations. And there's a phrase called unrealistic expectations, which is very confusing for me. Sometimes I want to break a couple of these things down. Um, I was talking to Linda over the weekend and I, without going into a lot of detail, I said, Linda, you know what the definition of insanity is? It's uh, doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Mm. And that comes up a lot when it's me versus me. Now, if you want a different result, you have to change something. Yes, uh, You have to change something on the inside and you in 99.9% of the time, you have to change something on the outside. And it's not easy. If you are somebody that is does, doesn't know how to fight for yourself and you attract a narcissist it is going to be a long, hard road if you try to do that yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about expectations. Where do they come from? Where do they start? Carrie, I want to ask you a question. This I asked myself the other day. I'm a little older than you, so I go back a few years. I asked myself, and it was pointed out to me by another, kind of like belligerently, like, dude, if you were a teenager right now, chances are you probably wouldn't make it to your 21st birthday, Pat. You'd either say something on social media. You'd probably offend corporations around the world, never be able to get a job, probably have a body. But I mean, this was somebody telling me this the other day. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And then when they were done, I stopped and I said, oh, but how would I have lived my life up to age 21? Would I have been me or somebody else? Now, Tricky. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's true. I do think I would have been in a whole lot of trouble. Right. (laughs) If I were me back then, uh, bring it to. But we have a new world where where self-concept isn't just what it was years ago we're talking about a self-concept where every day we're fed something. And I don't care what age you are, Carrie, you can be a young person, but even this is the worst. If you are 50 years and over and you're watching TV, any point during the day, somebody is telling you, you're kind of broken. I mean, how do we guard ourselves and find ourselves the me versus me in this new world? But then again, that's a million-dollar question.
0: And it, but it's important to answer, even if there's no direct answer. It's important to like have these conversations because I think at any age and stage, you are going to find this comes up. Uh, what's what are you supposed to be like if you're a kid or a teenager or a young adult or a college student or in your twenties or thirties or forties or fifties or sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and beyond? It, ages and stages like we all have ideas. When you had someone says they're sixty do you have this idea of what a 6 year old is doing versus a 23 year old, right? Like there's, and like, where do we get these ideas from people that we see in real life doing them, but mostly from ideas of people doing those things, what is a 20 something supposed to be doing? Or like, why do we constantly like Gen X, you kind of like, had this social thing against Gen Xers, Gen Xers. Then we expect oh. to see Gen Xers. And you think about there's some amazing Gen Xers. Oh really? Things, and there's some there's some amazing um other generations doing great things. Oh, yeah. Like Every generation has their thing, but why do we why do we do that? So Gen Xers have their own thing to fight against, right? Which is the social perception of of what they're like. Things that come from stereotypes and interactions, but don't truly represent a group. It's like going to France and people in America saying, oh, French, are they nice? Or are they not? And like French people are nice and not nice the same way Americans are nice and not nice. <laughs> right? but we have this perception of them. And then we we look to see what's true. I like the quote, you see what you look for and you look for what you see. And so th- that idea sometimes when we think about our expectations, like how, why did at 30, I have a complete freak out about not being married? Like no one overtly said it to me but the conditioning of of our society is kind of like, Oh my God. Yeah. You're 30. and, and, And I think it was so interesting for me to be like, why was every other birthday? Okay. Till 30. And then all of a sudden you should have these things done. Where did they come from? And the thing is you can't point to one thing. It's so many things. So when you ask the question, how do we get in touch with what we want? We have to go back inside and look at like, Hey, How am I utilizing social media? And what is that feeding me? What is TV feeding me? What are movies feeding me? What is my family feeding me? What are institutions feeding me? And then the gift and the struggle of our lives is sorting it out. Who am I really? And what I find, again, in my work with people, but even in my own experiences, people are always growing towards their truth. Mm -hmm. They're always growing towards their truth, despite Mm -hmm. great odds, despite things that you think, like, and I use this example that people coming out after a long time of hiding and, and, and to great expense of like, maybe their physical safety, maybe their sense of comfort. The- like the LGBTQ, yeah, AR that's- plus community. Yes. And then people like, but like at a great risk to like, well, like to their own sense of their lives, like they still have to be who they are. And so like, if you, if you're coming out at a, at a certain age, you might, and I think about my own father who was told it was a phase. He didn't want to be yep. gay. Yep. He should just get married and have kids. He'll grow yep. out of it. And how he's like, okay, I don't want to be gay. Where did he get the message that he shouldn't be gay? And, and, and then struggling his whole life. And finally, even his 40s saying, no, this is a wash. I'm actually gay. And I'm going to have to blow up my whole family because of it. I got a wife and two kids and I can't keep this promise because I actually have to be who I am to me that's, we're always going towards like our honest to goodness, true selves, but sometimes it's covered under so much that we have to like the pressure, the pressure go. And then when we come out, that's why sometimes when you see people like kind of do it in such a, mm-hmm. I don't know, in such a big way, like sometimes people are like, I got to be me at the expense of
1: you and you've always judged me like you still have. But eight. it's not it's not an easy journey. What you're pointing out to, I love that you're bringing this up. We're going to take a short break and we come back we're going to talk about this more. But I love what we're talking about here because what we've learned and we've learned this along the way is that it's very easy to to not be that person and be the person that tells that person what they should do. Right? Mm-hmm. You've got to walk a mile in their shoes. And honestly, you don't even have to walk a mile. But we have gotten more tolerant now than we've ever been. And what I mean by that is we're more accepting now, even though it's been a struggle and will continue to be a struggle until mm-hmm. something is made legal yes. uh, for the LGBTQAI plus transgender the, until something else is done. We're going to battle the battle because underneath it all is fear. When we come back, me versus me, the fear ultimatum we'll talk about. Can we learn from Gal Gadot and Margot Robbie? Is this something we can learn from them and this Barbie movie that maybe you hadn't heard about today so that you can become a stronger me? In the world of we. Stay tuned. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Have you ever had a painful family memory you are not sure how to heal? Tune in to Family Healing with Rose each month on transformationtalkradio.com. We are told we can't choose our family, but what if that family is not the one we would have wished for? Once a month, Dr. Pat and Rose engage in a discussion surrounding healing and family, showing you how to take true ownership and responsibility over your own energy. For more information, visit familyhealingwithrose.com.
0: Are you ready to get big and live your life out loud? Tune in to Get Big Out Loud Radio. Exploring life through the lens of curiosity and compassion with me, Carrie Knudsen, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will offer ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. If you want to get big and live your life out loud, visit me at KnudsenSpeaks.com.
1: Cafe of Delight. Conversations that enlighten and inspire with me, your host, Gail West. Tune into TransformationTalkRadio.com every second and fourth Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific. We are at the precipice of one of the most exciting evolutions in human history. On Cafe of Delights, you will hear from those that are actively working at the edges of local, regional, and global transformation. For more information on Hope for a New Reality, visit Gail West at SuccessWithSoul.com. Hey Everybody get, get big out loud. Um, you know, one of the things that's the hardest to do, and I'm going to talk about this and then I would like you to give out your information. You know, Carrie, Carrie Knudsen is the host of this show, but she's an amazing coach and she helps people all over the world show up as they want to show up. And sometimes you don't know that, you know, I'm getting ready to do a lot of things myself for my speaking platform and I haven't done it in a while and I'm fumbling around, to see who I am. You know, it's so interesting. I'm fumbling around thinking I don't have anything to talk about. I'm fumbling around. And of course, I will hire uh, Carrie to help me with this because I don't have time to fumble around. I don't want to fumble around. Fumbling around is not where I am. So if you are kind of fumbling around figuring out your me in the world of we, you need to get a hold of Carrie. Whether it's for coaching, whether it's for building up your brand, these are things that even with me, as much as I've studied this, I could never do it myself. Carrie, what is the best way for people to find out about you and about your coaching program and how do, how's the best way for them to work with you?
0: Sure. You can go to KnutsonSpeaks.com and hit the contact me page. And what I like is when people contact me, it's very individualized to the person. So sometimes I do coaching, like you're saying, for people who want to be better public speakers. And it's very direct like that. Other times it's people who want to work on their emotional intelligence, how they show up in situations, what they're struggling with. And so the there's more of that. Personal coaching or sometimes I work with teams in coaching who teams that are maybe having a dysfunction or want to work better together or want to elevate what they're doing. So we do group coaching around that. So what I love is that each group or person that contacts me for a different thing, I try to bring the best of my skill set to that situation. And like you said, Dr. Pat, like we're always growing. I didn't offer coaching to be a public speaker until I and speaking for like Ton like 10 years, and like do about 100 gigs a year. I always take notes on what I'm doing, I take notes on other people, and I'm constantly trying to improve myself in that process. And my goal too is to help other people be better speakers. The world needs better speakers, right? And we all get into some kind of imposter syndrome like, who am I to talk on that, or how can I do it? How can I be effective? And the thing is, it's an art not a total science and working with someone together on it is usually like you say, I don't want to fumble around. I want to know mm-hmm. what you know to make myself better. And then my goal is like, I want to make you better. Like how can mm-hmm. we work together? And, and and it's interesting what you say too, around when we try new things that fumbling around idea too. like, can I do something new now? Yeah. Can I try something different? Sometimes yeah. that's limiting expectation. Do I see myself as a speaker? Because sometimes when we label ourselves, especially me, therapist, therapist, therapist. That's, and then to say speaker, performer, coach was a lot of, and now entrepreneur, even that still like, makes me like, I don't know why I'm resistant to that. Cause I don't yeah. have, Right. But in ages and stages of our lives, we all have different, if people put certain titles on you or change it, like we, we have to contend with that version of ourselves. Am I really that person? Like you probably are so confident and comfortable saying you run a network. And you're a host, and you are an entrepreneur at the highest level, right? But when you when you say like, and I want to go more in speaking, but I'm like, do I have anything to say? <laughs> my perception of you is you have so much to say, right? But you may be in that in that arena. I don't feel confident showing up that way because my expectations of myself, my experience in that world, what other people might have said. Again, I have to contend with that in order to make progress. So I love what you're saying. Is sometimes you have to reach out to people. Yeah. And, and help them, sorry, reach out to people who like help them see what we want to be, but also be seen in their eyes. So like, I can see you and hold you in that space in a different way, maybe than someone from your family, or another colleague at the radio station, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Why it's important to think about who you connect with too. Cause sometimes you can be seen through someone else's eyes as your potential. And that's why working with a coach sometimes can be so great because
1: I think that as coaches, we hold space for people to get, to, to get where they want to be. I love talking about this because we, this really leads me to the other part of this. A lot of times we are afraid to hire people. And especially I heard this a week ago, Uh, someone made a comment to me about working with another woman. And I just, I mean, I didn't, there was no reason for me to comment on it then, but I thought about it and I said, look, I know with the launch of our women's channel, we're doing that for a reason. We are coming out of the gate first with that because I have been helped by both men and women, but I have been extremely helped by women early Mm -hmm. on in my life, early on in my career, my stepmom." And and walking up. And by the way, yes, we had three choices, but mine wasn't nurse. It was married, and 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 we go to secretarial school. And my stepmom in, intervened, so I had strong role models. The reason I love this is because we're seeing a new generation of support. Um, I commented to you earlier, me versus we, the dialogue between Margot Robbie, who produced. Barbie, who wasn't planning to be Barbie, and who was so wanting Gal Gadot Wonder Woman to play Barbie. And she went and explained why. And when you hear women of that statue comment and praise other women, it reminds us what we are capable of Mm -hmm. in supporting each other. And, you know, when you think about this billion-dollar-plus success It was based on an energy. Here's the energy. Mm. And this, the reason I'm sharing this is I want you all to be kind to your evaluation of your me. I want you to be kind in your evaluation of your me. It's hard. You know, I grew up in a family where I was told you're going to be fat just like your sister always. Okay, thanks, dad. But how many of you hear those comments? And I just want you to hold on. To the antithesis of that, because that's what you do, Carrie. So when you're talking about these two megastars, right? And first, Gal Gadot is praising Margot Robbie, but, and she says, I adore her. And she goes on and talks, you know, Gal Gadot was number one, the first choice to play Barbie. Um, and she goes on to talk about it. Margot is one of those women who you just want to be friends with. She's funny. She's warm. She's smart. Obviously talented. She brings so much to the table. I'd love to do anything with her. And then, You know, you go on and you hear Margot Robbie who could not get Gal Gadot and and played the role herself. Here's what she had to embody. Gal Gadot is Barbie energy. That's what Margot Robbie said because Gal Gadot is so impossibly beautiful. You don't hate her for being that because she's so genuinely sincere. She's enthusiastic, kind, almost dorky, right for a dork. And she goes on and they go on to talk about when they started to cast. For people, they say, this is the energy that they look for in every actor. So you see, when you hear Gal Gadot talk about herself, you don't hear a lot of this. So the question for everybody out there is, you got to take the best and leave the rest if you're going to be on a true thorny. a a true authentic journey to me. And Carrie, that's the most important thing of this. You have got to take the best and leave the rest in the world of social media. You do not need people telling you what you're not. Mm. How can we help people with that? Because if I I had a dollar for everybody that told me what I was not or what I was never going to be, I would be a billionaire. Yes.
0: Well, and it's interesting because those mes- that messaging is a lot louder than the messaging that we get. Like, you can do it. Go ahead and try. It's OK. Um, and, and it's hard because those other voices are out there. But at the expense of the louder, bigger, flashier voices, it's hard. And that's when we have to decide to take some control in our hands and do some deep work around. It's not as easy as just cutting off social media. It's not as just easy as like turning off your TV, although those things can be helpful. It it can be it, it can be good to do like an analysis of your feed and be like, what posts make me feel good about myself? What posts don't? When do I feel jealous? When do I feel judged? What why do I think these expectations like I I just feel like for anything you could do it for you could do the obvious things like fashion and beauty and how you look but even like how you clean your house there are channels out there like cleanliness how to get how to clean how to tidy um there are people vacation like live your life as a nomad and then if you're not you're like oh I wish I could but I'm not so I'm failing right my dreams are dashed or, or some people like see that and like oh how exciting I love to just vision what it would be like and I can still live in my world and and appreciate it so you have to ask yourself when I'm looking at these things, is it feeding me? Like, is it feeding my curiosity or my interest? Is it, is it positive or do I feel a competition with it? Or do I feel judged when I'm, when I'm done with this thing, do I feel better or worse about who I am and how I show up? And again, it's easy to think about beauty and things like that, but I think it's for other things too. Like, um, people, um, I I noticed in my world a lot the difference between people who have kids and people who don't have kids and the realities around making choices like do we have kids do we not like what happens on Mother's Day for people who either have chosen not to have kids or can't have kids or if it struggled infertility for whatever reason like um on on days like that or moments like that our idea of like as a person as a woman do you have to be a mother In order to be seen as complete, and then what kind of messaging either reinforces that or makes you feel like there's still space for you. So that that's in in the in the way more complex world than like this is what it means to be a woman at a certain age. No, so you have to ask yourself: Is my feed helping me or not? Do that? Are the things I'm consuming helping Mm -hmm. or hurting? Are the people I'm with uh, helping or hurting? And and that's like an I call it an internal audit. Yeah. Like what. the source is coming in. I'm going to audit them for like reality checks. And also I would say like, I don't know how to say this another way, but like, do, are things giving you hope or, or are they making you feel dread? Are they making you want to rise to the occasion or is it making you shrink away from like, Oh my God, I'll yeah. never be that. So I'm nothing. So yeah. you have to internally audit all the forces. Even I'll have to say my grandma, who I love so much, she was like her idea of um, you just meet someone and then you, with she didn't understand love. And then I'm like, I want to wait for love. And when I was 30 and unmarried, she was very freaked out. Like what's going to happen to you. And even that idea of saying, grandma, I know you're saying this from a place of love, but like I don't want to marry him right now. Cause I'm 30 and I still have a lot of value in me. And I have a lot of value in this relationship and even understanding her perception of being like, cause she probably had to get married in her twenties. Yeah. Right? So I think internally auditing relationships, commentary, social media, yeah, other things can really help us kind of kind of get clear on us so that when we do engage with it, we're making conscious choices, not unconscious choices.
1: Yeah. Now, I'm going to flip the coin because what I want to point out, I going to talk about men um this is not a conversation for just women and I want to be very clear that Carrie and I work with both men and women and uh, and and I want to just, just stay with the whole Barbie thing if you don't think that the male actors that played in in Barbie didn't get a lot of grief even to this day getting a lot of grief about the roles they played think again and so this is not just for women men have been socialized. It just goes just right along with everything we're talking about applies to human beings, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- however you identify, we're talking about you. We're talking about the me around the way it doesn't matter. You're not on your own planet. So you're going to interact. And there are some days where you're not going to recognize yourself for something you did that you didn't want to do or something you didn't do that you would have loved to do. Right, Carrie? We're talking about men, women, because men go through the same thing. Oh, yeah. I love how you said it's a human
0: being issue. It's human. And and it's good to take it out of gender. It's easy to identify gender stereotypes and roles and and experiences. And it is important that you bring up the expectations around men that so perfectly get shown off in the Barbie movie. What does it mean to be a man is kind of reduced to like, Horses, Sylvester Stallone, muscle, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then you think that's really limiting to men because the men in my life are so fascinating and complex and interesting and loving and emotional and um, smart and so so wildly diverse, right? But you are saying it's a human being issue, and when we when we think about the me versus me, it's human beings in their settings. And and it's important to recognize all of us, however we show up, that me as is reflected back out, out to society and back to us is, is me, whatever, whatever gender expression I have of myself um, is, is part of my humanness. And the human
1: condition is at the end of the day, what yeah. we're talking about. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. And I want to bring up this last point and have you talk about it. Uh, uh, I just want you to erase the word age, just erase it. Just do me a favor. If you'll listen to this now and you got like age in your brain, just take out your giant metaphysical eraser. Just pull that thing out, you know, and go like erase, erase, right? You could also, if you'd like to get a nail file, you can file that out. (laughs) Um, But I want you to erase it because that is by itself one of the most stigmatized me versus me when it comes to age. Too young, too old two in the middle. Oh, yeah. It's never the
0: right time. And you think, when is the right time? What is the perfect age to do anything? And I agree the age is a huge for most of us when we limit ourselves, because we're two one way or the other. And nobody ever says that's the exact right age. <laughs> Even with potty training, even with um getting off your passy or bottle, even for young kids, what's the perfect age? And like you said, it goes all the way uh through the end. And and that's why it's I agree. If we could take that off and just what would you do without the limits of
1: age and expectation? How would you show up? A lot of us would be a yeah. freer to try things. Yeah. I mean, I want to ask you this question really to bring this all home. From where you sit, you coach a lot of people, you're in the world yourself. Tell us about the opportunities of exploring me with a capital M and a capital E. I think the opportunities, that's
0: kind of the core of all my work that I do is around how do we explore the true expression of ourselves? Not in an ego way. And this is the thing I want to make specific. It's not in the, uh, in service of our ego. It's about how can we even service of others? So if you have a skill set and you want to do it, how can you do it in service of others? How can you use your gift to show up to be in the world that we're in? Me in service of the we, not me in service of me. And that's when you get like, I should get to do what I want to do to hell with what everyone else thinks and to hell with the consequences. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a much gentler and more realistic approach. Like, how can I be the best expression of who I am with my gifts and my talents and, and know that with confidence so that no matter what arena I'm stepping to into like I, I don't have to be perfect to be really, really good. And and I can explore some things in me as they come up in my ages and stages that that are maybe new and exciting for me. And I don't have to do it at the, the expense of other people. I don't have to do it at the expense of other people. And I can indeed use my gifts to serve. And I think, again, we're all growing towards our freedom. We're all growing towards our best expression of ourselves. And we can detach from those societal, you know, shoulds. It's sometimes it's what I love in the work that I do I feel like I get to see people come into their own and then bring that into the world, which is the gift of your gift is service of being in service of your gift. You're here to do something. Let yourself do
1: that thing. Yeah, I mean, that's why I ask you the question, because I want to invite people to ban second guessing as their first choice. Mm -hmm. See, we think we take our first choice, we take second guessing as our first choice, right? You know, everything from going out today and doing something you haven't done before or doing a daily routine, Or maybe you want to try a different yoga pose. I mean, there are so many things about this. But what would it be like? What would it be like for you? If you could just practice being the me you are?
0: Right. And and that's part of the, what would it be like if you let yourself, if you gave yourself permission and also if you, two things, if you were willing to try something new and willing to change. And those two things are so hard for people because if you're trying something new, what if I'm not good? What will people say? I'm used to being competent in this ceremony. If I try something new, I won't be, or who am I now? Or I'm too old to whatever. And that that whole idea of like newness is the first one of the obstacles and then actually changing something. If I'm going to change, I actually have to change something, how I think, the actions that I take, what I say, if I'm really going to show up as a new version of me. And this is a little thing. But even for me, I used to say I'm a therapist who speaks. And I was so scared of saying I'm a professional speaker. I was so scared that the judgment wall was going to come down like, no, you're not. There's no (laughs) And I can't tell you, like, I don't know where I thought it was going to come from. But I, I, it was to me, I got to make a change and actually what I do. And I have to have the courage to do it. So I, it's a small thing. But I started to say the next person who asked me what I do, I'm going to say, I'm a professional speaker and a therapist. And I'm going to just put it out there. And to me, nobody else cares but me. But to me, that's me moving up. In my consciousness of I'm in a new space now, I'm claiming a new reality for myself and I am directing it out into the world rather than waiting for the world to push it back at me. And that's where you see growth and opportunity is if you can if you can try something new
1: and manage the change, though, that's how we grow. That's how we move forward. Yeah. There are times in our life where we think we've gotten over things. I play in a Tuesday night league here since I'm out here in Jersey helping Linda out. And I love being able to help my best friend out. And I played in a, ma- I played in the league on Tuesday night and I'm, re- I'm very rusty. So I'm getting back. But Tuesday was my first time. I actually even won a game. Like imagine me not winning a game. Hello, but I won a game and then I won a couple of matches and then I lost the match by one point. And one of the young guys walks over to me, Phil, Very nice guy, really, just love playing with him. And he says, you know, you play with strategy. I saw it in your face. I saw your face. I mean, you were watching like everything I was doing. And like, you know, you didn't hit the ball to the same place. And then you did this, and then you did that. And I felt so exposed in that moment. And then I got over myself. We have to become comfortable in the world of we?" Yes. See, so yes. that is an example.
0: And and also observe, like you're saying, comfortable, like other people observing us, commenting on it. Some people will say, yay, you did so great. Other people say, no, what do you think you're doing? And then again, the cycle starts again with the no, what are you doing? Who am I to? What did I think? We go back. So we have to be up for the challenge of being vulnerable and being exposed when someone is either like, hey, I saw you do that. And that's great. <laughs> or, or someone saying, I saw you do that. And what the hell were you thinking? Right. (laughs) Be in that space and get, and it all to me comes down to courage. You have to have courage to show up in that space, regardless of the outcome. Cause sometimes like you'll go and like you'll say, I won a few, I lost a few. It was okay. And other times you're like, "I, I used to win everything and now I'm struggling or like, Hey, I was struggling. Now I'm really winning. Whatever is the story is the story. But having courage to show up in whatever space Mm -hmm. that is created for you and and that you co-create is fascinating because I think that's where it can Mm -hmm. you stand in the face of the expectations of the we and and for better or for worse, can you? And so it sounds like in that moment, you're like noticed yourself and then you're like,
1: I did stay in this space. I could stay in this space. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he really did go on for about five or six or seven (laughs) or eight minutes. I was I was just like. But I learned a lot about myself that I didn't see. And that's part we'll talk about in future shows. You know, what is the learning journey of life? Kerry, thank you for today. I would love for you to share your personal message with us. And please let people know how they can work with you. If you're not out in the world speaking and you have a desire to speak, Kerry Knudsen. If you're wanting to be out in the world, period, and you're not sure how to be out there, Carrie Knudsen. How did people find out about you and how can they watch some of the things you're up to?
0: Well, it's, I love that you frame it in this way, because when you're
1: saying like, how can you work with me? And the
0: title of our show is Get Big Out Loud. How can you work in different parts of your life to get big, express yourself and do it in a way that you take up some space? Right, that you could take up some space, but sharing your gift in the service of others. So I love that the whole thing ties together. (laughs) So I'm at KnutsonSpeaks.com, and um, I'm actually redoing my website to put some more video clips of my speaking events. And I got a new Zazzle, I got new headshots. So all these things are coming up. You're gonna see me. Um, I'm gonna put some of the fun ones up there too. And I I was like, because this is me, so you'll be able to see that. You can look at. There's stuff on YouTube, and there's stuff on my um website at speaks.com And I find the best way to work with me, if especially if people have an inkling, sometimes you don't even exactly know what you want, but when you reach out,
1: they say like, how would this, How? what could I offer that may be helpful to you in this space? And we figure it out together. That's what I love. Carrie, thank you so much for everything. Personal message. What do you want to leave us with today? I want to leave you with the idea of me versus me is the
0: And I love how you said me in the service of we, like we're all doing this together and we think we're so unique in our struggles, but we're not, everyone struggles with the expectations of them. And the world though does not benefit from you staying small in those spaces. If you're struggling with your authentic self and expressing that or wanting to be more of who you are and show up in the world, the world is actually waiting for that and needing that. So my message to you is think about, getting in that space where you can not only think about what it is you want to express, but cultivating courage to actually do something about it and cultivating that courage kind of is a small internal thing. It's not loud. It's how can I make a small step towards having courage? Maybe it's just acknowledging that thing. Maybe it's saying it to someone else. Maybe it's connecting with other people who support me and see me in that way. Maybe it's making a change and then being courageous to stay in that next little space. Whatever it is, I hope you start your journey because again, the world
1: does not benefit from you staying small. I hope you get big out loud. Thank you for tuning us in and turning us on. And I want you to write this on a piece of paper, a large capital M and a large E. Put that thing right in front of you because we got to forget her. We'll see you next time. You have been listening
0: to Get Big Out Loud Radio. Where we explore the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life with me, Carrie Knudsen, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com.